Hello. Oh, I don't. Is this unplugged? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's uh, what is this plugged into? I don't know. <laughs> well, we're clearly having some technical difficulties. It's, uh... <laughs> Every time we try and do this intro properly, it uh, always works out real good. Oh, maybe um, I just. No? Yeah, that's where it goes into. Does that not work? Not quite. I think this is missing something. Hmm. That says mini plug on it. Doesn't it? Hmm. Okay. Well, then perhaps we won't have background music, but it is nice to have. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. It's just, I don't know why the wrong one was plugged in. Anyway, here's just just talking about things. Yeah, about um, setting up. Oh, there we go. Oh, just pretend. Nice. Just pretend we started now. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, we, we like, like stuff, stuff and, and so should you. you. Um, it's a show where with... we talk uh, about stuff that we like. Oh, with yeah, yeah, with Melissa and Brenny. And we... um, never mind all that that you might have heard. <laughs> what did they hear? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't on the air it when just, that happened. Basically, it was just this lovely song and then us talking. Exactly. I think, I think that was like it. normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have any little likes for today? Hmm. I think one of them would be Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts? Yeah. You have been eating a lot of Pop-Tarts recently. It's just been the one box. <laughs> but the box in its entirety. <laughs> I never really had Pop-Tarts growing up because, like, everybody... There's no age where you're like, this is a good food. It's like, yeah, it's just garbage, but it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. So pop tarts, even as an adult, it's like this is a treat. Yeah. Just because it's like, it's like, yeah. I never really, it wasn't really a thing. What about you? Um, I think my little like on the same note as that is like instant like ramen mm. type stuff. I don't really eat it that much um, anymore. Or ever, just because I don't buy it. But I do really like it when it's around. And when I go home, I eat it. On another similar vein, pogos. Whatever happened to those? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about pogos myself, personally. Well... Actually, I do know how, and I'm not going to say it. Because you're not a fan. Not... It's just... It, I just... There's just a weird... It's just a weird texture. Okay, but they're delicious. You that, get a couple uh, pogos, you throw it in the microwave, you get your ketchup <laughs> mustard on your plate. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious pogo. I mean, after school treat. I used to eat it after school every day. <laughs> and... Anyway... I haven't had a pogo in years. Like, I get it. But, like, I used to have that with just plain old hot dogs. My mom used to cut up, like, hot dogs really small. And for some reason, that just tasted way better than just having a whole hot dog. Hmm. So, about cutting up stuff. Like, even waffles. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen me eat, like, waffles. I always just cut it up. Yeah. I cut up the whole thing and then eat it by chunks because my mom used to do it. And it was like, no, I have to do it now because it tastes better. Oh. But anyways, I loved hot dogs. I don't... I wouldn't go back and be like, yeah, I want to crush a case of hot dogs. I want to yeah. cut those little bad boys up, put them in the microwave. <laughs> so like, that's how I feel about like pogos and things like that. It's like, right. it was good, but it's I know what good is now. I have a sense of scale. But it's that's okay fair. to like them. That's fair. I mean, I'm not opposed to eating hot dogs. It's just the fact that you said crush a case of hot dogs <laughs> that really grosses me out. There's something about that phrase. That uh, makes me not like hot dogs. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think it's your turn to go first for your uh, oh, big like, is or is it my turn? I don't remember. Last week we had Aaron on. Did we? Yeah. No, we did. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I went and then Aaron went. Then you? Did I go last? Or did I go last? No, you definitely did not go last. 
What did I talk about last week? What's ha- what day? What's going on? I don't know. I don't remember. What a what a year this week has been. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. You can go first. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So yeah, my first thing is an author. Um, whose books I've only read, like, two of. And I, I know they have, like, a third. Um, but it's the author, Ron Curry Jr. Um, he is the author of the, the book. There's two books that I'm basically just going to talk about. Um, um, yeah, he apparently has a third. But the, fir- the, the first book that he ever did was uh, a kind of a collection of short stories called God is Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the... I read his second book first, and then I found out about his first one, and I just went nuts, and I read both of them, like, within a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, let me start with the second one, because that, it'll, it'll, go, it'll go in tune with the story. So, uh, back in university, the first go-around, when I was, like, properly, like, 21 or something, um, well, it's, it's something of... Like, so, 18, when you start. Yeah, yeah, well, okay, it probably would have been 20 then, when I, pro- when I got this book. Anyways. Right. Um, you would you'd be barely eighteen, which is still. Well, I mean, you can start anytime. That's the thing. But I mean, like, it's if just, you went right out of high school, it sh- you should be eighteen going into nineteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's also insanity that, um, like, now that I'm in university the second time, it's insanity that people go to university that young. Unless you yeah. like are hundred percent sure of what you're doing, no one should go to university that young. Yeah. Anyways, um, so being who I am and being knowing who I was and who I wanted to basically project. I don't know if I told you this story in this manner. I've told you this story, but not in this manner. I decided that I wanted to fulfill how quirky of a person I knew I wanted to be and technically was because I wasn't like living the lie, but it was definitely more performative when I was younger. And I was like, I'm going to go into a bookstore and find a book. And it is unabashedly my favorite book. So like it worked out. Yeah. Boy, howdy, did but, it work out. But, like, you just. The intent was to so garbage. Be, yeah, so the you're intent. Like, I want to be quirky. So yeah, I'm gonna go I'm, I was like, oh, I'm going to go find a book and I'm going to sit down and read it. And I sat down and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. To you? I don't know. I feel like that's like a very. Um, like, um. Uh, 500 Days of Summer type vibe of, like, hipster. Where it's like being that kind of quirky of just, like, doing things and it's, like, very exciting. And then, like, where's the actual meaning and who are you? If you're just performing this for everyone kind of thing. Right. Anyways, so I find this book and I sit down and I start reading it. And it's it's insanity to to begin with. It's called Everything Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, That's it, a good book. Yeah, it's, it's straight up still my favorite book to this day. And, like, I'm very lucky that trying to be quirky in that regard, especially it was for me. Like, it, it wasn't being performative for anyone else. I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. But I was like, I want to be quirky. So I'm going to do this for myself. And then I found this book and I died. Um, so this book, it's Everything Matters. It starts off, um, you basically start off this book with um, these omniscient, I, yeah, I'd say omniscient beings, almost omniscient. They're not quite God and they, they kind of say that. They're, they're like, hey, um, you know, we're not God. We do have like a bit of power. We do have a lot of knowledge. Um, but yeah, we're, we're strictly not God. It, God does exist, but like we're not that. Um, and they come to this guy. Let me see if I could find the person's name so I can make this a little easier to explain. Um, they come to uh, this uh, this character in utero. His name is Junior uh, Thibodu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Thibodu? Th- Thibodu? How do you say it? Or like... Tibidu? Tibidu? I don't know. <laughs> It's one of those things. I'd say it's dough at the end. Dough, Thibodeau, maybe. Yeah. Thibodeau. I'm gonna or Thibodeau. I don't know. Anyways, so these these beings approach this uh, this guy Junior in utero, and they're like, "Hey, this is you in utero. Everything's sick. Everything's great." They obviously say it much more succinctly and much more less um, much less colloquially. Yeah, like much less slang. But I'm just. It's my favorite way to explain it. So they're like, hey, this is utero. This is the safest you'll ever feel in your entire life. Now that we've given you this, this f- ability to know what it's like to be in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this poking and prodding, you know, that's, that's your mom. Like, she's going to be great. We'll get to her later. Um, um, it, I know it's kind of uncomfortable when your, your dad wants, uh, like, your dad and your mom have sex. 
um, but like, don't worry, your dad's getting a little grossed out at your mom's body. He still loves her, and there's no defying that, but it's like, not all pregnant bodies look great. That that's what like to his father. It's just like yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be like sexually attracted to your your pregnant mother. Uh, so that'll stop after a while. Don't worry. Um, and yeah, so um, you know, in about I think it was like thirty thirty six odd years and so many odd months and 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 weeks and days and and hours, minutes and seconds. Um, an asteroid the size of Texas is going to come and collide with, uh, I think it was the continental United States, and it's going to destroy life on Earth. Um, and we, as these beings, um, want to know, um, with that knowledge in hand, with the knowledge that there's, life is going to end, like definitively, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts, um, does anything matter? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the first chapter of the book. And it, like, when I sat down, I was like, okay <laughs> what um and part of me liking the book um the the author ron curry jr has been the style of writing and his style of like existentialism and, and kind of going through these these really heavy themes he's been uh, uh, akin to um or likened to kurt vonnegut mm-hmm. um which when i saw that i was like i remember reading one of those books or hearing about that so i'm gonna like it and then yeah this book is nuts so the, the book itself you um, you kind of go through, um, you know, his his whole family, and you you get kind of different snippets of their lives. You get you get the f- uh, like first hand, sorry, first person experience of like the mother and the father. You get their personal views and everything like that. Um, they always come back to Junior, um, and he has a brother, and y- you follow him growing up, and like obviously this information like really mess him up. So every yeah. once in a while, he's like watching TV, and when the static comes on, his brain like interprets that with like annihilation or sometimes he'll like stare out into the like fields and like yeah. just picture it burning and it's like this whole thing so it's like it's it's almost like i i found it interesting because it's like his brain can't really process what that information that he was yeah. given means so but it, yet it, it kept, like it kept bringing up so it like manifests in him like blacking out because he just can't he can't process, process it. it it's so good um well in the worst way but it's mm-hmm. it's a very interesting read uh and then these beings would come back every once in a while every once every couple of chapters um you'd have this being that would show up and just be like um like these beings and they'd be like hey this is you at like you know 14 and whatnot you you, like this is what's happening this is what you just did this is how you feel about it like this is how other people feel about it don't worry about it um but they wouldn't be so nice about it it would be very like cold and collected at how they talk um one of my favorite things um and kind of the reality of life in the situation was um he meets this girl, I can't remember her name, but he meets this girl in his class. I think they were in eighth grade or they were like still in high school or something. Um, and the, the, these beings, these omniscient, almost omniscient beings uh, describe it as, you know, for all intents and purposes, you have thousands of the one. Uh, but based on proximity and, and the, the, like the, where you live and everything like that, this one's good. Like, you did it. There's more. But like, don't worry about it. This is, you're, you're all set. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yep, like there's like it, there's no there's no BSing it, um, and it was just it was just so good. And you you kind of follow this guy's life. He he starts getting like neurotic about wanting to save the world, and with this information, he he like accelerates his own learning, not in like a like a science fiction type of way, but it's just like he's so hard pressed to to figure this out. He starts developing like a drinking problem, and it's like ruining all of his relationships. But like these beings don't let up they're just like hey this is what your life is now and like you're trash but like hey what's going on we mm-hmm. still want that answer um and it's just really good and then when you get to the ending i'm not going to spoil it obviously but when you get to the ending it's such a different kind of ending than i ever expected and it's definitely one that growing up and going through all my experiences and whatnot it's definitely one that like of all the different endings that could have been especially when presented in the way the book did um definitely one i would have chosen like hands down i would have been like yep that's yep it's just it was just mind-blowing and the the ron curry jr he's just a such a good writer in that regard um yeah yeah and i think i think it's really interesting i mean the title kind of gives like the book away in like in like a few words and that the fact that like you find out that like everything does matter and it's like and, but it's like the it's, smallest it's, like experiences and things that yeah. are what's important. And I feel like 
obviously that doesn't give it away because I think there's like way cooler. There's things so that much happened. context and so much like thematic, like heavy, well, themes that yeah. go along with it. But like in a very existential way, it's just like so. Just just as an aside, like I'm in this existential class for philosophy, and a lot of the theories that are coming at me, it's like I get it, but like I know what my answer is, and I'm just taking this class because I think it's cool. I don't believe any of these are going to change how I feel because how I feel is everything does matter to the extent that like nothing really does. Like in the grand scheme, it's all it's we're nothing. We we don't we don't matter to anything. But it matters to me. Mm-hmm. You matter to me. The show matters to me. D and D matters to me. My friends matter to me. Like pop tarts matter to me, and that's what matters. And like that's yeah. the only thing. Like and, that's very individual. But that's what it is. Like there in philosophy, there's a lot of subjectivity of like sorry objectivity of like these are the rules. But it's like no. Sometimes like something like existentialism, like what matters is life worth living. That is subjective. But yeah. it's a it's an objective subjectivity. Like it matters to you. And the things that matter to me doesn't matter to you. Not mm-hmm. well, the boys, or guinea pig boys. But anyways, like it's a whole thing. Anyways, I'm taking a bit longer. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna punch in. God is dead. Another good book. It's a collection of. Uh, I, I'm talking about. Let's just start with. You I have to go back. You should have just picked one. I, I'm picking the author, and I made a mistake. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> okay. I'm saying that you're running out. No, of I know. Time. Give, give me like two minutes. God is yeah. Dead. It's a collection of seven short stories. I think it's seven. Um, and it's just this, it's this, it's this, like, this world where... Um, it's like a thought experiment. Yeah. So God comes down as, I believe, this Sudanese woman um, in, um, and, she, like, like she's poor, she has a limp, um, and she's, like, giving out, I, I believe it's pronounced sorghum. It's like a grain um, to those who need it. And, like, they're clearly all good and all-knowing, but they're not omnipotent. And that's how God is described. And as they've taken this form of this Sudanese woman, um, uh, they're caught up in like this bombing. Um, and then it's found out that God died. And then the rest of the short stories are kind of like a progression of almost like 50 years of like what life is like once people realize that A, the, this body has metaphysical properties that like do not make sense. So like we can probably say that God is dead. Um, what people do afterwards, how how like society kind of builds itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one of the, one of my favorite stories about it is that this one girl she's just talking about going to college and like breaking up with her boyfriend because her boyfriend's like crap and like clingy and like she just wants to live her life before she has the ability to settle down. And she goes to drive and go on this road trip and she's packing for all this. And then there's traffic and she's like, "What's going on?" She looks out and there's a priest on a bridge. And the, that short story ends with him jumping because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. To like you, you find out God is a real and then dead. Mm-hmm. That kind of takes a lot of a lot of religious people. Like that's really heavy for them. And it was just it was just a good the whole the whole set of short stories. It was unbelievable. It was just beautiful. And his whole his whole set of writing is really good. I really want to read his third uh, novel. Um, uh, I just I keep seeing it in. Um, in places and it's called uh, flimsy little plastic miracles uh and it was like done in 2013 he hasn't done anything since to my knowledge um oh he's done the one-eyed man as well uh in 2017 um but yeah i just there's two more books anyways ron curry jr he's so good at writing and i'm really excited and i hope i hope it's very i hope i hope i get someone to read his writing not to be quirky about it but go find his book (laughs) (laughs) okay all right May I go now? Yes, absolutely. My first thing of the day is um, related to something that I've talked about before, a.k.a. The Witcher. Um, And as a subsidiary of The Witcher is the card game Gwent. Yo! Which I'm going to talk about because it is a very fun game. Um, So in the game Witcher 3, which is a game for, like... Gamers. um, No, I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, it's just like it came out for like the current consoles, yeah, PS4, Xbox One, that kind of thing. Um, And basically, you're this character who's a witcher named Geralt, and you fight monsters for money, and that's you're like a mutant guy. I talked about it before. There's also a show on Netflix, very good. Also plugged that before, and also books, which are also cool. Um, But as (laughs) as a part of this whole this game, which is this huge RPG, super open world 
everything like that happens in the game is super influenced by your decisions in the game like you can pass by people doing something and if you interact with them you can change what happens and if you don't then like sometimes that has consequences that when you go back to that spot it's like oh I should have stopped that thing or oh I should have helped those people or you know like all these things that you do have like real in-game consequences so it's like a heavy game but there's like so many cool things you can do there's cool monsters you can fight it's literally so big and there's so much to do that it's wild one of those things amongst many is the card game Gwent and in in like every tavern in every town um and most like big NPCs that you encounter you can challenge them to a game of Gwent and sometimes when you play Gwent it like furthers your story or sometimes you just play it to collect the Gwent cards um essentially Gwent is a card game where you play as a faction um which is part of the Witcher um like universe um there are six factions that you can choose from yeah there's monsters um skellige skotel um northern realms nilfgaard and syndicate which i don't know really about syndicate but that's probably in dlc um but basically you have your um deck of cards with all of your different like players and you can only have a certain number of cards in your deck um and then you can like swap them out depending on what play style you want to use and every realm has like a different type of play style um so or every faction um so i really like the northern realms and the monsters those are ones i've played the most of but basically um the monsters like most of their cards um like have effects that like double them or like bring them back from the dead things like that there's like a lot of zombies and ghouls but the whole point of the game because i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself is there are basically you get um a hand of cards and in total throughout the game i think you get 20 cards yeah you build a deck of like 30 i think and then yeah choose you know, I I, honestly, I thought I knew this information, which is why I wasn't. I was like, I'm not going to look that up. Um, but We've also, all made that <laughs> <before>. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but anyway, basically, you have a um, um, a deck of cards that you create. Um, it has three lines. You have a deck of at least twenty five. Um, you must play cards from a deck of at least 25 cards. Um, so you have these 25 cards. Um, each turn you get a certain number of cards in your hand. And then essentially the whole point of the game is that using those cards in your hand, you have to play your different monsters or power-ups or effects. And there's three different rows in play. There's like the front row the um middle row and so it's like melee ranged and then um artillery yes so it's like you know like a um catapult or what's the word i'm looking for trebuchet trebuchet that's it so that's like the final farther round because you need bigger heavy machinery um and so basically you play your cards in those depending. So usually like sword, sword wheelers would go in like the melee spot. Um, arrow users, rangers um, would go in the range spot. And um, you also get special faction abilities. But the really cool thing about this game, which I've been building up to, and I feel like this description has <laughs> been very poor. Um, They're not I, poor. <laughs> there's a lot to describe. There's a lot going on. Um But the really cool thing about this game that I really love is the strategy of it because you have a certain number of cards and you can play them at any point. So you have three rounds that you have to, like, you have to win two two out of three. three. Um, The round ends when either you run out of cards, which you don't have any more cards for the rest of the game. You only get a certain number of cards for the game. So you either run out of cards or you pass. 
So it's a lot of strategy in which you can try and put some of your big cards out right away so that the other person's forced to put a lot of their cards out to counter you. And then if you're in the lead, you can pass. But then it's also a risk because they can put in more, more cards because yeah. um, they can add as much as they want until they want to pass. But if you're in the lead by like 10, 20 points, most cards have a rating of like four or five. So to put that many out and some have one and some have two right so like there's a big range um but to put that many out to like get up to your level sometimes you just take the loss on the first round because you don't want to use up all your cards you have to think about if you go if you lose the first round you have to think you have two more rounds possibly yeah so you have to win the second round you have to put everything into that then the third round sometimes you only have one or two cards left and you have to be like i hope my cards are just better than the other person's yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Um, and then they so, have those, the, well, no, you go ahead. Cause. So I just think like the strategy of it is like really fun. Um, and it's such like a silly part of like the actual main game. But the, it's such a good break in levity. Like it's. It, it is. And like the music is so fun in it too yeah. in the game. And um, yeah, everything about it is just it's just like a really fun card game. And then obviously there's like way more effects and cool cards. It's not just monsters that mm-hmm. you can play with. Um, so there's like a ton of strategies. You can build decks around certain strategies. Um, and like sometimes if you have like a certain card, it can like transform other monsters and make them better. And there's just like a lot of really cool stuff going on with Gwent. And it's... Um, really fun because like there's also tournaments and stuff too where you can fight in the game and uh but there's um, a little bit of intrigue for those ones as well which is really neat yeah and also they're like really hard and if you lose you just <laughs> lose or you can like go back to your save and start the tournament all over like yeah, you can't save during the tournament it's very stressful um but on the other hand moving away from the game there's also the gwent app which is also very fun um you can play against actual people and build your deck and it's just like a mobile phone app and it's like a very good version of gwent and it's cool because the cards have like neat animation when you play them and it's just it's just a really fun little card game well the the coolest thing too is that like with with a lot of the different abilities like there's like um, you can have you have a, like a like assassin cards or or, or you have like spy cards. Oh so yeah, the you, spy cards. You are play really cool. it to your other per, your 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 opponent's field, so they get like the plus one or plus two. Sometimes it's a plus zero, which is great. But then you get to draw like two more cards. Um, but then there are cards that like allow you to play cards from your grave. So if I play a spy card, um, and then the round is over, their car that card goes to their grave um and or yeah it goes to their grave and then they're able to re kind of like uh, resummon it and then but resummon it as there so then they get the draw too so like there's so mm-hmm. many different um uh, strategies like and there's also like you can put a card up on the front line and it's just like hey destroy the strongest thing on their front line yeah um, and if it's tied like if they're all at like 10 like they had a whole army of like five things at 10 each they'll all die because they're all the strongest and it's like that's in, that that can ruin your life <laughs> yeah and then we also have gwent like as a card game as well so you can like play it in so many different spent a little bit so, too much on that <laughs> so you don't actually have to play it if you like if you don't have a way to play it on like witcher 3 because that's the only other place to play it then you can always play it on the mobile phone app which is free of course there's uh in-app purchases but i wouldn't recommend those if you don't want to do it you can just get the app for free um and try it out i think there i don't know if the app is the same but you can also get it for uh like playstation 4 and and xbox one because like they i don't like i'm not 100 percent sure but they've released just gwent fully for those consoles and they probably just like uh, summed it up for the the phone app yeah so basically just to um reinstate what i said before is that you have a deck of like 25 cards but then you only get to play 10 cards okay for the game after the the first round, you get like two more cards, but that's it. But and, and sometimes it's only if you win. Yeah. Because I think the Northern Realms, um, no, the Northern Realms. If you win a round, you get to draw. 
Um, and there yes. are cards that allow you to draw or allow you to search, but yeah. you're not necessarily drawing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes you actually don't get any more than those just 10 cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was used to playing the Northern Realm, so I got extra cards. Yeah, just but, almost every time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's really fun. Super high strategy. And yeah, you only get those 10 random cards from your deck. So sometimes they don't really work that well together, but you can do... Um, you can redraw two of those cards, um, but that's just a part of the game. It's uh, really fun. Deck building is cool, and the cards are real neat. You can see all the cool, um, and it's fun too because like you can get special cards that are like Geralt and like Triss Siri, and yeah. all of, like the characters from the game. So yeah, the first card was really good because it was like yeah. this is really strong. Also, get a get somebody back from the dead, and it's like cool. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of those cards are indestructible. Like, they can't yeah. be moved or destroyed. But they also can't be manipulated. So, yeah. like, if you have a card that doubles the power of a yeah. row, yeah. they're not going to be doubled. No, no. But yeah, that's my thing. Cool. Yeah, fun game. It's very fun. It, like, it absolutely, because it's a free app, you should absolutely, like, everyone should get that right yeah. now and play it. Just it's so try good. it out. It's a good game. Then you can maybe find Melissa and, and, and fight. Yeah, and then she'll use her monsters against you because they win. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't You've played been using it. Monsters, right? Oh yeah, the monsters are the best. They're so insane because yeah. it'll be like you have a ghoul out and it dies or something, and it's like yeah, get every other ghoul from your deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like sometimes it's, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's like eight, depending yeah. on how you build your deck. There's the a lot of cool have, strategies though. that are like if you kill one of your cards or they go to the graveyard, then you get something better. So sometimes you kill your own cards so that you can get something. Cause yeah, if you kill your own card by like discarding it you still get the power up so anyway there's like a lot of cool strategies but what's Hmm. your second thing so my second thing um i wanted to talk about the movie Nothing. Go ahead. Huh? Okay. I wanted to talk about the movie, but I can't because I, we still haven't seen it. Um, uh, but it, <clears throat> it's uh, Nino Kuni Two, uh, the Revenant. Uh, yeah, the Revenant Kingdom. Um, what is Nino Kuni Two? Well, <laughs> I know what it is. Uh, no, I'm I just know. asking for oh, user for, clarification. Um, so yeah, it is a video game that uh, came out on the PS4 and Xbox. No, did it come out on the Xbox? I don't think it did. It came out on the PS4. Uh, for sure. Might have come out on Xbox One. I don't know. <laughs> we know all our facts about everything. It, does, it did come out on Xbox One. There it is. It did come out. Or at least it came out on Microsoft. But anyways. Um, so yeah, Nino Kuni. So there was the first game. It was called The uh, Wrath of the White Witch. And it was actually, when it was originally made, it was called something else in Japan. Um, where you play... So the first game, you played this little boy um, who just throughout his life... Um, his mom ended up having some kind of accident and, and ended up getting weaker and weaker and ended up dying. Um, and he's just like been living his life. So you you kind of like wake up in um, the 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 first game. Uh, sorry, you you wake up in the first area and it's like it's just like your hometown, uh, and you're hanging out and everything's fine and cool. Um, and yeah, in the first game, your name is Oliver of Motorville. Um, the first game, the reason I love it so much is because in originally, so they basically adapted uh, an animation style almost exactly like um studio ghibli um every like it's it's they so get so many uh, rec- uh sorry uh, critical acclaim because of their art style as well yeah um, it's really nice and the, and the first game actually was the the cutscenes were animated by studio ghibli it was like a huge thing and i was very upset that i never had playstation growing up or playstation 3 because that's what it came out on um so yeah, um, Oliver almost drowns and he's saved by his mother, but then she dies. That was the that was the whole like traumatic event. Um, and then yeah, you're just living your life, and then you 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 discover this like this little creature. Uh, it's like this little. It's like this. How would I describe it? It's like an anteater, but at the end of his nose is a like a lamp, and his name is Drippy, and he's this heavy accented Scottish little dude, um, and he's like just telling you he's telling you that he's like a fairy from another world. Um, and then, yeah, you just go on this adventure um, into this other world and you have to, like, figure out what's going on and you you have to defeat the White Witch and whatnot. Um, and then that's all fine and dandy. I've never played that game, though. So I'm not going to talk about that uh, more than I already have. Wait, doesn't the mom die in the second Nino Kuni game? No. I thought, I swear I saw you playing it. Were you playing the first one at some point? Yes. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because I played it for a little bit, but then it was because you could get it for PlayStation Now because it's still a PS3 game. Right. Yeah, right. so that's what you said. Because I remember that, yeah. So yeah. in the second one, so the whole point of the, the, the series of the game is that like lives are connected between like the human world or the, the Earth world and this Nino Kuni kind of world. Um, um, so like there are, there are sometimes like um, parallel people. They exist in both worlds, um, which is really neat. Um, in this one... Uh, sorry, in the second one, it opens up with a cutscene. Um, you're the president of what I assume like some large um, country. Uh, it's kind of nondescript, but you're you're literally like in your uh, like cavalcade of cars, um, kind of like checking your phone and whatnot. And then you look out the window, and there's a missile strike, and you're just like, okay. And then the whole world goes white, and then you wake up in this castle. Um, and yeah, so you you're like you were like this. Um, this like 60 year old dude you wake up like 35 40 and you immediately are like huh this is neat this is cool like i'm younger um and you're kind of thrust into this world you you show up um almost exactly when uh, a coup was happening on this on this little town uh, sorry on this um, little um kingdom um so the way this the way this world works um you um you so l- let me just get to a little bit of the synopsis. Um, so in the kingdom of Ding Dong Dell, that's yeah. what the kingdom is actually called. Um, is that the one with the cat? Yeah, it's a cat and the mice people, mouse people. So it's run by the cat. Like it, it, There's, a, there's a, a race of uh, mice people and a race of cat-like people. Uh, the cat-like people are Grimalkin and the mouse-like are Mousekin, sure. Um, and it's ruled by the House of Tildrum. All words that don't mean anything to anybody, really. They mean something to me. Exactly. Because I like hearing them. <laughs> um, and the current heir is being prepared to um, to have like their coronation, like their father died and whatnot. It was the whole thing. Um, and his name is Evan. You show up. Um, and this coup is happening. The, the, the mousekin people are like doing this whole thing and usurping the, the Grimalkin. Um, and then you show up and you see this kid getting like harassed and you just pull out a gun because you used to be the president of a country and you start shooting people and it's really great. Um, and then you escape with the boy. Well, it's just, it's just like, <laughs> and now so you great. start shooting. Um, but yeah, no, you, and then you escape with the boy and then that there kind of begins your adventure. The boy, um, kind of enlists your help and you, 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 it's not like you're upset, but you're like, well, I don't know where I am. I, I'm pretty sure I died. So I might as well do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'm not a bad person. Or, like, so you're led to believe. Um, and Oh, so there's some... There's some intrigue. <laughs> Ooh. It's really cool. Um, it should be the name of this episode. <laughs> there's some intrigue afoot. So the the, the game is like a... How does it describe? It's a role-playing game. It's a third-person role-playing game. Um, the overworld, you freely roam, um, and you have, like, battle encounters. You see, like, an enemy, and then you'll... When you touch them... Kind of like Pokemon. Yeah, except, like, in the fights, it's it's more like Final Fantasy Fifteen. if that is a relation to anybody. Basically, you'll go into a fight, it'll be more of, like, a smaller arena, and you are able to move around while you're attacking these people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you can, like, dodge you can you can use um, the different characters I believe you can have three different characters uh, fighting with you at the same time even though you have upwards of like five party members um, in this world there are like different ray guns and everything like that so you throw away your regular gun you get some better guns for um, um, for this dude I can't remember his name uh, Roland Roland Crane was the president um, so Roland gets a bunch of guns um, Evan gets a bunch of swords Um and the, yeah, the plot of this game, you just you you're just trying to help Evan kind of rebuild a kingdom, and you actually build a kingdom from scratch, which is really dope. And then you you kind of go to the other kingdoms, and you you help them out, you make alliances, and they provide you supplies. And there's kind of like a like a top down, almost like Sim City type deal where you're building stuff and you're you're accruing resources and you're you're That's making cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I spent so many hours like just like it's one of those games where it's like, well I need to if I'm doing the kingdom management, I need to do everything before I go to sleep. And then it's like two hours later. Cause like mm-hmm. as you do things it's like I could do more. I have more resources. And it just keeps going and going. It's yeah. so good. Um the combat's really fun. The story's really cool. It's very, very like kid friendly, but it has very like heavy adult themes as well because 
you know, kingdom and regicide and all these things. You find out a bunch, bunch of things. Um, and one cool thing about the game, um, in this world, you have what's called a kingmaker. Um, and it's basically the right to rule is shown by having like the king or queen or the the royalty would have a connection to like almost like a demigod um they're generally they're generally uh like dragon type beings right Um, this is the game that has the pug people right yeah those were the dog people yeah yeah, the pug emperor right yeah that was the kingdom of Goldpaw. they were focused on like tourism and and gambling um but then you learn that maybe the king was doing a little bit uh some nasty business and his uh kingmaker wasn't too happy about that so his kingmaker went went a little wild because uh, that's the thing too if you don't live up to your country and your people the kingmaker's just going to be like well you're you're dumb i'm leaving i'm going by uh and then they'll just start destroying stuff because you're supposed to be in charge of it and it's like this big giant dragon mm-hmm. um so it's really cool um, and yeah, no, it's just a really, like, it has a really good storyline, a really good animation. Um, the second game doesn't unfortunately have um, Studio Ghibli animation. Um, all their cutscenes are just like in-game engine stuff. Uh, but they kept, they kept the, uh, the the art style, so it's it still fits. Um, and like, they generally have, these games generally have high scores, like high, like 70s or 80s. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's it's not like the the best game in the entire world, but it's it's one of my favorites. And there's DLC. There's a movie now on Netflix um, that kind of. I don't believe it follows any of the games, but it kind of it kind of sets up like the tone for the type of thing it is. Like the trailer shows that um, you, uh, you like it. It kind of plays off of the idea. I haven't watched it yet, but the trailer the trailer show, plays off the idea that like you are tied to people like there are there are soul bound people in each world mm-hmm. um but at a certain age and to a certain extent one cannot live while the other does mm-hmm. because you can't you can't like I, I don't know what the explanation is but i feel like you can't like use the same soul after a certain age mm-hmm. um so they kind of like us yeah <laughs> um so from the trailer the premise seems to be like these two boys get sent to this world and one gets lost there um and while they're figuring it out is how, exactly like us while they're figuring out how to like get to each other the one that gets lost um gets lost um at this kingdom um so this one person kind of like grows with this princess who is tied to one of their friends from the real world and because they're tied to that they keep both getting sick and then the one friend is like, well, I've lived here for however X amount of time. I'm not going to let this princess die or this queen die. She needs to, like she has so much responsibility. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care what the result is. I'm not letting you come near her just to save your friend. Like, like, we'll figure something else out. But I'm like, I'm def- and it, like, it becomes this huge rivalry. And it's like, oh, my God. I wasn't expecting this because <laughs> uh, it's because it follows the same art style. So it's like 3D kind of Studio Ghibli effect. It's very very neat. Um, but yeah, Nino Kuni Two, uh, The Revenant Kingdom. It's really great, um, really worthwhile. Um, and you can get the uh, Wrath of the White Witch remastered for the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, they they ported it to the Switch, but they ported the PS3 game. So it's going to look like trash relative to the Xbox or PS4 version. So like, mm. just look for it for like not the Switch. I really wanted to get it on the Switch, um, but it's more expensive and it's the lesser game. So it's like, meh. Yeah. But yeah, what's your second thing? My second thing is my addiction. To coffee? Yes. Well, <laughs> I think, okay, it's not... Okay, you kind of ruined it because... My thing is not that I like my addiction to coffee. I, my thing is coffee. I understand. Because I like coffee. But, like, the way you said it with such, like, severity <laughs> was, like, addiction. my addiction. It was, like, there's only one. Oh, no. Yes. My thing is coffee because I love coffee. Hey, let, let, let's not, just just to clear the air, coffee's great. Yeah. I, I, you shouldn't need it to survive, and I do, and that's a problem, and I understand but, that. But otherwise, moving forward, I have only really been drinking one cup a day, which is, I mean, one cup is relative. And then you started drinking a lot of tea, though. You're still getting the caffeine. Okay, you gotta cut. <laughs> one cup is also relative because I'll drink like a large mug full or like a big cup. 
It's like, what's really the measure of one cup? You know? <laughs> what is the truth? Yeah, I'll have one coffee, but it's in a it's in a vase. So <laughs> <laughs> like how I drink my water. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's not uh, go into that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I love coffee. Um, I I guess we'll start from the beginning. I started drinking it when I was in university. I had I've started first year. I had this seven to ten. Um, psychology class at night or at in the night, morning at night at night but but also i had like mondays it was on monday nights from seven to ten and also on mondays i like was in the con ed program so i did like teaching placements oh. during my undergrad i had my teaching placement all day on monday mm. and then i had like a class from like five to six and then i had this class from like seven to ten so it was like a really long day a little bit more understandable and i go to this class from seven to ten and i was just like falling asleep and i was like okay you know what i'm just gonna try a coffee and and then you ruined your life yeah and i was like okay i'm just gonna start drinking it black because if i drink it with stuff then i'll like want to drink it with stuff so i was like yeah i'll just have it black and at first i was like i don't know if i like this but i kind of I was like, maybe I do. And then I it just kept working, drinking so it. It was working, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and now then, I just, like, love it black. Like, I love the taste of coffee. I love... I will say it is relative because there is bad coffee. And when it's oh, black, yeah. like, you really taste how bad it is. Oh, yeah. It's worse when it's black. Like, if you go somewhere and they like, and they make coffee... Well, yeah, but I'm also talking like if you go to an event and they make coffee oh, yeah. in a giant thing and they don't put enough scoops of coffee so it tastes like water. Um, or like it's but somehow like, like... it's worse than water because it tastes a little bit like coffee. Yeah. But, I mean, this is... Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Um, I really like the taste. I like that it's a warm beverage. I like mm-hmm. the social aspect of coffee, like going out for a coffee, drinking a coffee in the morning. I love the ritual of nice. it. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of things about it that I really enjoy. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about cool things about coffee. Because I Are researched a couple of things. Are you to um, Like. You do your thing, but if you don't mention it, I will. Okay, I'll mention the coffee cats. Um, <laughs> there's also elephants. Did you know about that? Coffee elephants. Um, so one of my favorite types of coffee is from Sumatra, which is in um, Indonesia. And which is one of the fourth, which is the fourth largest coffee producing country in the world. Without looking, what's the first three? I don't know. I also don't know. I was just hoping you would guess, but, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. No, I don't (laughs) know. I'll look it up. Make a guess. I want to say um, Ethiopia. Because a lot of these places, um, coffee wasn't, um, what, Colombia? That's my other guess. I don't know. Um, but coffee wasn't, um, or like, didn't originate in a lot of these places, but actually it was because of colonialism that it was brought mm. to a bunch of places and is now cultivated there. You said like, Indonesia is what? If the fourth, but this is according to an article that's from 2014. So oh, okay. Yeah, who knows? Could be wrong. Um, oh, never mind. I, I got it. Say your four. I'll be quick. But... Okay, so I'm thinking Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, Colombia, mm-hmm. Ecuador, and Indonesia. I don't know. Ooh, there are actually. Oh, so th- there's there's one based off of coffee in general, and one based off of uh, Arabica beans. Oh yeah. I okay. believe in general. If this is if this random page that I just looked up. Yeah. Uh, coffee detective. It doesn't matter. Um, Brazil. Oh, I was gonna guess Brazil. Well, you didn't. I know. <laughs> uh, Vietnam. Okay. Colombia mm-hmm. and Indonesia. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I got um, one right. Yeah, and Ethiopia sixth. Yeah. Well, Ethiopia is where coffee came from, so that's why oh, I real? guess it. I'm pretty sure. I'm cool. pretty sure I read that. Somewhere. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I just wanted. To... Um. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I just ruined your whole thing. I'm so sorry. Well, because now, no idea what now I'm about. interested to know where it actually originally came from. I'll because... look that up. Do your thing. Okay. Um, oh, this is a very specific thing, so it wouldn't be on here. Okay, yeah. So you look that up. Um, but yeah, so Sumatran coffee is like unique because um, it is... Oh, I was right. Okay, cool. Um, so it's really unique because it's grown by really small producers. So usually they have like 10 to like 100 
or no, they have like around 10, like very small numbers of coffee plants that they mm-hmm. cultivate. And then they get together like 10 to 20 or 10 to like 120 of these farms come together to sell the products. Uh. So it's very unique in their smallholder producers that they have. They also use a unique, a unique um, drying method for the coffee beans, which is called gilling bass, bassa or mm-hmm. wet hulling. Yeah. Gilling bassa? Sure. Or wet hulling, hulling, which is... Or hulling. Hulling. Cool. Sorry. A processing technique in which they um, take the green coffee bean and they dry it out um, using like a tumbler sort of yeah. thing. Um, because um, I guess Indonesia gets a lot of rain. So mm. there's only some really small portions of time in which they could dry out coffee beans like Naturally. in the sun. Yeah. So then they started doing this method, which gives the beans a unique flavor. Um, so yeah, they're known for their smooth, sweet body and that is balanced and intense. And depending on the region and everything, it can have different flavors. Um, I personally haven't tried that many different Sumatran coffees, unfortunately, but I often choose the Sumatran variety if I go to like a cafe or something or Starbucks. Um, I really enjoy um, Starbucks, um, which like isn't a great plug. Like I like local coffee too. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, well, not local, but you know, you can yeah, yeah. get locally um, like sourced like, or like well, you can get like ethically sourced, ethically, but then also locally um produced produced like how it's um it's cooking bean uh dream of beans they um do their own roasting is what i was trying to say Mm. roasting can be done locally and different varieties um but the christmas blend coffee is a blend of different things that they make at starbucks but it's um really cool because they take like sumatran coffee and then all these different other types of coffee and they age the sumatran coffee for three to five years so it gets this like really cool spicy taste um anyway i just thought that was neat um but yeah coffee is a really cool thing um i will briefly mention the asian coffee called kopi luwak which is um the cat coffee that brendan wanted me to talk about and basically these coffee berries are eaten by the asian palm civet which is a type of cat and then it passes through the digestive tract with the beans eventually harvested from the feces because the beans like yeah they some of the acids and stuff are digested um the like bean enzymatically the, the 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 flavor of the bean changes yeah yeah and the it can cost 30 dollars for one cup of that coffee um yeah because the digestive enzymes break down the proteins um and it facilitates partial fermentation of the bean um in thailand there is another type of coffee that's fed to elephants whose digestive enzymes reduce the bitter taste of the beans collected from the dung these beans sell up for up to 1100 a kilogram or 500 dollars per pound which is the world's most expensive coffee so just for a reference the cat coffee is 160 per pound and this is 500 per pound and it's the most expensive type of coffee. Um, one thing that's really interesting about coffee that I actually didn't know until I started doing this research, like it was a myth that I believed in, was so I drink a lot of dark roast coffee. And I was told that dark roast had less caffeine because it was roasted for longer. Um, and technically, dark roast does have less ca- caffeine, but basically it's not because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Um because coffee beans are very resilient in the roasting process and they actually keep all of their caffeine. But dark roast beans are more, um, like are less dense than light roast beans. Ah. So when you put a scoop of coffee in like the grinder or whatever, because usually you measure it in scoops, you're going to get more beans per scoop when you use a light roast because the beans are smaller and more dense and put together. Whereas like the dark roasts are... um, more airy i guess so when you put it there's like less beans per scoop because of the size um so even though each bean would have the same amount of caffeine technically you just have different bean ratio so i thought that was a really interesting fact because i um did not know that and i (laughs) like i I knew that, like, as a fact, like, I was told that it had less caffeine, but, you know, you don't really know the reason. And it's not that the bean 
has less caffeine. Um, but yeah, coffee is a really cool process from like bean. You have to um, like tea. You have like to it's dry so wild. it. Yeah, dry it, roast it. Depending on how long you roast it, what you roast it with, you get so many different flavors. And then it has to be ground, and um, obviously it has to be like they have to decide what type of coffee it is based on yeah. like dark, medium, light, whatever. Um, which is a lot of times done by the color of it too, not just by the density. But it's just a really cool thing. I love coffee and coffee products and I think it's delicious. And what's your uh do you have like a I have one favorite coffee story and it's the same coffee story that I always tell everybody and it's like It's, it's about me. Yeah. Uh do you have a favorite <laughs> coffee story? Uh actually I have two. I have two, but go ahead if you have one. Because I just want to share mine. Okay, you can go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the one favorite coffee story that I always like to share with people is that I, whenever I used to drink coffee, I started drinking coffee when I worked at Tivana because it used to be affiliated with Starbucks. They would give us a pound of coffee a week. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, Melissa, I met Melissa and she would always drink black coffee. And I was like, oh, I drink coffee with milk and sugar like a, like a plebe, like a plebeian or whatever the word is. So when I, in my weird attempt to like, get her to like me more because I was very naive and I thought like oh if I do something that she did maybe she would like it um, I just forced myself to drink black coffee uh -huh. um, but in doing that I really like I really was able to decide like what is good and bad coffee yeah um, and now I really enjoy coffee much more because uh -huh. I used to like coffee used to be a vessel for milk and sugar uh -huh. um, so now I do that my second one I went downtown there was a place uh, downtown Bloor and Bathurst it's like a it's a bean shop I can't remember what it's called do you remember green bean yeah the green bean it's really cool um me and my buddy got coffee there no me and my buddy went to a wine rack really close by um and they had like a weird like cream wine um and then we just went to go get a coffee um put the the cream wine in the the, the coffee and we were just walking around toronto drunk and it was just really great it was just really funny it was a great time uh -huh. we had to like go we we bought the wine we had to go into like uh like a library and just be like yeah i gotta use the bathroom oh my friend gotta use the bathroom too and he like left it like a dead drop because he left the bottle of wine in the in the bathroom cause, obviously because we were doing bad things yeah um anyways um, anyway i would like to tell one quick coffee story because you're yes, please, 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 please. um i think anyway thanks for sharing your stories as well <laughs> my very quick coffee story is that i really enjoy drinking coffee in new places and like mm. when you're traveling and you take the moment to just enjoy a cup of coffee on like a patio or like in a square mm. or like meditative like or like on a balcony in the summer like that's my favorite type of thing like i just love yeah we have a balcony i love drinking coffee on it anyway okay we should uh pack we really, this yeah up. we really gotta go um gonna give a shout out to matt campbell for our background in music as always the band Luca that he's a part of with Jim Parrott, um, they released a new album today. It's very exciting. It's called Your Name is Jim. Um, and we are going to play a song by that called Your Ghost Has Been Haunting Me. Uh, Jim has the most beautiful voice. I love you guys and have a good day. Oh